Welcome to Ask the Beauty Advisor, the podcast where you get personal beauty advice with your host and beauty advisor, Deanna Lynn. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Ask the Beauty Advisor for September 14th, 2015. It's a bright and sunny early Monday morning. Beauty Advisor is now part of Beauty Radio Network. If you have a podcast or you'd like to start a podcast by joining the network, you can get more exposure for your show. You can also get support. We can help you get a podcast up and running. It's free to join. If you would like more information about the network, you can contact me, Deanna, at beautyradionetwork.com. On this episode today, we're going to be talking with Linda Hines. Our topic for the day is how to get the best salon experience ever. Linda Hines is from Even Better with Linda. She's a small business coach for the beauty industry. She's got a lot of great tips and pointers to help you navigate your next visit to your hairdresser. Linda has owned and operated two salons and spas for over 16 years on the East Coast. For the past three years, she's provided small business owners with a personalized path to success. So without further ado, let's tune in right now to my interview with Linda Hines. Good morning, Linda. How's your morning going so far today? Very well, Deanna. Good morning to you, too. Thank you for this interview today, Linda. It's a beautiful sunny morning. It looks like we're going to have some great weather here in California today. What's the weather like where you're at? Where are you located? I'm on the East Coast. I'm in Connecticut. And oh my gosh, we are enjoying the most fabulous weather, finally. Uh, The summer's been pretty hot and humid, but today is just about 80 degrees with no humidity. So after I finish this with you, I intend to head to the beach and take advantage of having lunch down there. Well, I know I, for one, are going to get out and enjoy this beautiful weather. I'm meeting somebody for lunch and drinks. I'm going to have a couple of cocktails. I'm going to sit back and just relax. So anyway, I guess that means we should be getting our show on the road here so we can get out and enjoy the beautiful day. Let's start, Linda, maybe by letting our listeners know a little bit about yourself and your background. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um... Well, I have a, a pretty diverse background. I, um, I graduated from college with a degree in education. So I started off as an educator. And uh, because when I did graduate, it was kind of like girls became either teachers or nurses. So that kind of gives a little bit about my age away, but that's okay. Um, but anyway, I, I was an educator for 11 years. And um, during that time, it's funny, I always had friends that were hairdressers. And, you know, I didn't think much of it. We were pals. We used to love to go out. It was the disco era, so we'd all go dancing together. Um, But never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that I was going to end up marrying a hairdresser. But lo and behold, I did. And when we got married, I stayed teaching for a couple of years. and, And then we kind of thought about possibly opening up a place of our own one day. So I decided to leave teaching, and I did. And I went on the road and did beauty sales to salons. So that was my first entree into the beauty business. 
That lasted a couple of years, but it was tough because I had to literally go door to door to salons, cold calling. So it was kind of a um, an education by fire because I really didn't know what the heck I was doing. But I learned so much about the business. I learned so much about beauty products. Um, and I thought, well, you know, I'm going to tuck this away and just see where it's going to come back to me at some point in the future. Um, I continued in the world of sales and spent another several years doing that. And then one day my husband, uh, who's a very talented stylist, came home. He had a large clientele. He had um, had a difficult time with his current salon. Uh, there was uh, some shenanigans going on and he wasn't happy. And so I said, well, hey, maybe it's time for us to open up a salon. <laughs> and I had no clue what I was getting myself into. Um, I had always been the customer in the salon, the client. I was not a hairstylist, but I believed in my husband and I believed in what our vision was. So we kind of forged ahead and opened up our first salon truly on a shoestring uh, with just my husband and one gal that was helping us out as an assistant. And from there, I spent the next 16 years developing two salons and spas and really learning about the beauty business and really creating my own system and also making a ton of mistakes. And so I had to learn very quickly. Otherwise, those mistakes were going to be um, dragging us down. And uh, over the years, I developed great systems, worked with a couple of really great coaches and uh, was very proud to say we had two highly successful salons right outside of New York City. That's where we're located. So anyway, after... Um, we moved on from the two salons. I, uh, I did a little more work and moved into assisted living because my mom was living there and I wanted to work with families. I did that for a while and then I kind of retired in my mind. Uh, but I always knew that someday I'd do something else. So now, I've the last couple of years, I have created a coaching business uh, where I work with salon spas and product manufacturers in the in the beauty industry and kind of share with them all of the secrets to success that I developed help them get through their own stresses, create a pathway to success. And I, I have a heck of a great time doing that. It's probably one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. That's great, Linda. Sounds like you have a lot of experience in the beauty business, and our listeners can expect to get some solid advice from you today. So I'm going to go ahead, Linda, and ask my very first question for you today. What should we as clients expect from a hairdresser when we come into a salon and sit down in the hairstylist's chair? Well, I'll tell you, these are my benchmarks. Um, I know that there's a wide variety of experiences that go on out there in the salon world. And um, so I hope that everybody listening today really takes this to heart. Um, I'm not saying that your relationship with your hairstylist is not the best because it, and it doesn't necessarily have to follow every parameter that I put out here. But what I am saying is that over the 16 years that I owned the two businesses, uh, I hired and I fired a lot of stylists. I had some wonderful teams around us and I had some people that absolutely did not get what we were all about. And the one thing that we never did was we never compromised our standards. So these are the standards that we put into place. And I think that if you're in a situation and your stylist is following most, if not all of these, then you probably have and are really satisfied with the stylist that you do have. If you hear some things in what I'm going to talk about today that seem to be not being followed, uh, maybe you're answering some of the, the doubts and questions that you've had recently when you've gone in to see your stylist, maybe this will give you an opportunity to either work with your stylist to get them up to the level that you want, 
or maybe it's time to seek out a new stylist, a new salon, and this will give you some benchmarks to look for when you do go into a new situation. Um, first of all, you should be greeted by your stylist. <laughs> I know that sounds pretty elemental, but a lot of times, uh, you know, somebody's standing at the at the opening going, you know, oh, hi, Mary, come on in. And, you know, it's we kind of wanted to make this a little bit more of a personal situation. So a warm greeting and certainly a clean work area should be there. You don't want to come in with somebody else's hair and capes and things and brushes all over the place. So again, a really professional person, I don't care how busy they are, they're going to take that minute or two to make this a better area for you because you deserve it. Um, the other thing that truly is so very important and can eliminate so much disappointment um, is a great consultation. And when you're seeing a new stylist, normally there is a consultation because obviously you don't know each other and so that stylist is hopefully going to spend some time asking you some really important questions. Um, if you're with a stylist for a long time, sometimes this kind of falls by the wayside because people get into too much of a routine. But a lot of times people leave a stylist because they just have, their, their stylist is not listening to them anymore. They, they've kind of tuned it out. It's like, oh, Mary's here. She always gets this haircut. She always uses this hair color. Um, and you may be ready for a change, but maybe you're not sure about how to ask for it. So a consultation is where all of this is taken care of. Um, if you're having a really good consultation, it should last around 10 to 15 minutes. So if you're with a new stylist, hopefully they're asking you to come in a few minutes earlier or they have definitely booked out a little 10 or 15 minute time slot to have a conversation with you. And I really hate when they stand behind the chair and talk to me because they're looking in the mirror, they're looking down at me, and I don't care who you are. I've seen CEOs of companies turn into little girls when they're in their chair because we're all intimidated going into a salon situation. You know, this is about how we look. It's a kind of foreign world to us. Everybody's hustling and bustling around. And we're never in our comfort zone there. And, I mean, it took me the longest time even running a salon to be in that comfort zone. Um, so you, you really kind of have to stand up for yourself and tell somebody what you want. And the best way to do that is to ask that, that stylist, hey, uh, do you mind just coming around and talking to me face to face? They shouldn't have a problem with that. I think a true pro is going to absolutely get from behind the chair, stand in front of you, look you in the eye, and have the conversation and ask the questions about what your needs are, what you're looking for today. Uh, there's a whole bunch of information that needs to be followed there. The other thing is I see people doing consultations while they're walking to a shampoo bowl, and that's a real big no-no. It's kind of like you sit down. It's like, hey, Mary, how you doing? Good to see you. Okay, what do you want? Are you doing a cut today? Okay, come on, let's go to the shampoo bowl. Okay, so you like the way your hair looks? It's okay. It's working out for you? Okay, great. Let's sit down. Well, that's not a consultation. That's just somebody who's kind of giving me the bums rush. And I don't appreciate that, and I don't think anybody else does. So having a great consultation really eliminates disappointed clients because you can go, you can have your hair done, you get to the end of the service, the cape comes off, you're getting ready to head out. You look at yourself in the mirror and you think, geez, that's not really what I wanted to have done today. And so then you talk to the stylist and go, you know, this is a little shorter than I thought we were going to do. And the stylist says, well, no, no, this is what you wanted. I mean, this is what you said you wanted. Well, did you? 
Well, you know, if you had that consultation, you are coming to agreement in steps along the way. This is the cut I want. This is how much off I want. What, what do I need to cut in order to get this look? What color do I need to be in order to get this look? It should all be agreed upon so that by the time that you're done with that and you're walking over to the shampoo bowl to get started, everybody knows what the end result is supposed to be. And hopefully you have a great stylist who can help you get there. Now, as a client, how can we better communicate or help the hairdresser understand a little bit better what exactly we need or what exactly we're looking for? Is there something we should be providing her with? Yes, there really is. And it's called honest communication. And, you know, I wish I could say that that happens all the time. And this time I'm talking from the client point of view. Um, But a lot of times people maybe get a little intimidated or, or maybe they're more thinking about what they would like to do with their hair, but are they really going to make that commitment? Because having a hairstyle is a commitment. You know, it's one thing to pull your hair back in a ponytail every day and not bother with it. But if you're actually looking to have a style, to have a look, you have to let that beautician know, well, okay, this is what I'm willing to do to keep and achieve this look. Because, you know, beauticians are not magicians and they're not mind readers. So, in the consultation, again, this is why this is such an important part of the service. Uh, you, you sh- if they don't ask you, you should tell them, hey, this is my daily routine. I get up in the morning, I wash my hair, uh, I blow it out, I use products, I use brushes. Or I get up in the morning, I take a shower, I wash my hair, I run my fingers through it, I run out the door. So there's a big difference between somebody who's going to spend time actually blow drying their hair, putting product in, finishing it maybe with a spray or Uh, Then somebody who's really, really busy in the morning, doesn't have the time to do it, and just wants to have a wash and wear kind of hairstyle. Um, Let them know if you use products, what do you use, what don't you like. How much time do you spend on your hair? Some people spend an hour on their hair. Some people spend five minutes. And how often have you been visiting a salon? Are you the kind of person who's willing to put in coming into a salon every four or five weeks if you're doing color? or if you have a short haircut and you need to maintain it, um, or are you somebody who sees the salon every six months because that's really who you are. So you really have to be honest with them about what your commitment is because you might see some great-looking picture of a hairstyle and think, oh, wow, I love that. That's a new look. You know, like everybody's wearing these bobs now, these little drop bobs, and they're really cute and they're, and they're adorable. But that hairstyle takes a lot of maintenance, and it takes product. Um, unless you just want to wear it curly, and then it's going to grow out. But the thing that you can really do for your stylist is to be as honest as possible with them. And again, if they're not asking you these questions, then you should be at least supplying them with this information, and hopefully it will create a better situation for everybody. Now, Linda, how do you feel about clients that bring pictures of a hairstyle that they want into the hairdresser, showing her the picture and asking her to maybe cut their hair like this picture. I know myself as a client, I've seen some pictures in maybe magazines of hairstyles. I've clipped them out and taken them to the hairdresser and said, can you cut my hair like this? Well, I have very fine hair. So naturally, I've been kind of disappointed my hair didn't come out like the picture. Yes, and you know, I have to laugh at what you're saying because you're preaching to the choir. I think I probably married a hairdresser because I have the finest, thinnest hair in the world. Um, so I, I was always disappointed every time I went to a salon because, again, I, you know, there's two types of people that really need a good salon. Um, 
there's the people in the middle who are blessed with great hair, and God bless them. I'm happy for them. But that's not who needs us. Who needs us are people with thick, curly hair and people with fine, thin hair, because we have challenges that people in the middle just do not have. And the biggest challenge for us is getting a great haircut. Um, the pictures, I totally get what you're saying, because every time I look at a hairstyle, I think, wow, I'd love my hair to look like that. Or even in the past, I remember begging my husband for perms <laughs> when perms were still in in the 90s. And uh, I had color on my hair, too, because color is really great for fine hair, just as a little aside. If you don't color your hair and you have fine hair, fine, the right color can actually plump up your cuticle and give you more body to your hair. So I highly recommend that anybody that has fine hair, don't be a virgin jump right in and, and even get a temporary color if you don't want to make a big commitment. But it, it will definitely give you more body to your hair. Um, but anyway, with the pictures, uh, you know, I see all these great curls. And so I'm like, okay, I want to perm. So my husband reluctantly perms my hair. And um, of course, we finish and I have long hair and I take it out and I'm, I'm expecting these luxurious curls. And instead, what I have is a lot of fine little curls. And I'm like, this isn't what I want. <laughs> and he's like, well, that's what your hair is going to do. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. And that's why I said, I am the woman who goes to the salon, even though I owned one. So I realized then that I was trying to achieve an unachievable dream. So yes, Bring photos. Don't bring 20 photos, but pick about three or four that actually match your hair type. Um, there are, again, like I said, uh, bobs are back in very, very strong, especially the drop bob with the, the longer front. Um, but, you know, try to find an actress or a picture of a gal that has fine hair. And they do. They're really good these days. I mean, you can go on the Internet and they'll break down, you know, styles for fine hair, styles for straight hair, thick hair, curly hair. Um, so focus on those and then look at the shape of the face of the person that you're looking at in the picture because everybody's got a different shape face. If you're blessed with an oval face, oh my gosh, you're so lucky. You can wear probably anything. I have a high forehead, so bangs are my friend. Somebody with a low forehead definitely shouldn't be wearing bangs. So kind of use a little common sense and pick out some styles that you think will work with you. And then that stylist is going to help you work through it to see what really is going to be the best thing for you. The other thing with pictures, though, to be very, very careful, and this is a caveat, is be careful when you're looking at color. Because nowadays, especially, everything is Photoshopped. And, and color photos of, of hair color are lit in a certain way. Uh, they're retouched. And many times somebody will bring in a picture of gorgeous, you know, blonde highlights or, or um, ombre hair or, and, and the stylist says, well, yeah, this is really cool. But you know what? It's like, what section of it do you really like? And what section of it is really achievable? Because they know that these colors have been doctored up. So again, try to keep a more realistic point of view. But a good stylist is going to help you if maybe not get the identical look, but they'll certainly get you as close to the look as possible. And again, just be as realistic as you can about, um, you know, what you want to achieve. Because, man, I'd love a, a mane of thick, gorgeous, wavy hair, but I just missed out on that. <laughs> so I have to be content with the hair that I do have. Yeah, I hear you on that one. <laughs> now, Linda, once we have had the consultation, do you feel it's wise to get a second consultation, or where do we go from there? Well, you know, if you've had a good consultation, and you'll know that you have, because your gut will kind of tell you, like, oh, yeah, they get me. They, they, this, 
they heard me. Uh, they, you know, because they should be repeating back to you what it is you want. Uh, and if you're not getting that, keep digging away until you finally get that stylist to say, okay, we're going to do this cut today. We're going to take this much off and let them show you how much they're going to take off. Cause your idea of, I need a little trim and their idea of, I'm just going to clean it up could be miles apart. And actually one of the main reasons why people leave their stylist. Do you have any idea what that might be, Deanna? Well, for me, it's consistency. I might find a great hairdresser who'll give me a couple of really great haircuts. Maybe the third haircut won't be so great. For me, I just have a hard time finding a hairdresser that will consistently give me the same haircut. So, you know, you know I- that, that really makes me so sad when I hear that because I totally can relate. Uh, as I said, again, I'm not a stylist. I was the woman going into salons. And that is the biggest complaint. The biggest complaint is you cut my hair too short. You cut my hair too short. You're ha- like you said, you're having a conversation. You get this one great, great looking, you know, look. You come back so many weeks later, whether it's five weeks later, which is ideal. And we'll talk about that later. Um, and then, you know, whatever. The stylist is distracted or you're, you didn't have a great consultation. Or, but to me, there's no excuse for not getting that, that great look again. If you're not getting that great look, I say find a new hairdresser because they're, that's their job. That's their professional job. I understand people have off days, but that doesn't translate well on my head. <laughs> and I'm sitting there paying for a service and I'm expecting, and especially when you know you've gotten it already, why are they not consistent? And that's been the biggest thing that I find that people move around because they don't have a consistent stylist. And I'm not saying it's easy to find, but there's also ways to find good stylists too, and we'll talk about that. And also, I think maybe what's happening is that, you know, when you first go to a new stylist and you've sat down with her and you've had that consultation, she knows exactly what you want. Your hair comes out perfect that time, but maybe in six or seven weeks or whenever you come back, she's forgotten the conversation. So your hair comes out a little different. So that's why I think it's important that you sit down every single time with your hairstylist and have a brief conversation about your hair. Oh, yeah. I mean, beyond brief, because you're exactly right. You know, you're, you're just one of many people that they see over the course of, who knows, if you go back every, let's say, five weeks or, or seven weeks to get a haircut, they've seen tons of people in there. And yes, you come in and you think, okay, it's my hair, you've already cut it, you know the cut I've got, but... If they're not talking to you, again, if they're not giving you the courtesy of some kind of consultation, then guess what? You're not getting the right service. Yes, there absolutely should be a discussion. How's this working out for you? Um, What part of it is not working out for you? Uh, What products are you using? Uh, So there should be always that confirmation before you walk over and not just a quick glance. Oh, okay, I got it. And now you're on your way to the, the shampoo bowl that is not going to give you a satisfied client. If you do get a great consultation and you're happy with your stylist, then the really the key is, is to trust your stylist. That was my initial answer to the question. Although, like you said, it's, it's, I hate this hit and miss kind of attitude that happens so often. Um, but uh, you really have to trust them. And, and I say especially for color um, and for cut. Once you've come to an agreement as to what you want, then let the stylist be the professional and do their job. When I opened my second salon, I actually created a color room that had no mirrors. 
And the reason I did that was that during the color process especially, you're never going to see the same thing as the end result. You're going to see a lot of different stages. And many people get panicky because they're looking and they're thinking, this isn't the color I want. Why does it look so red? Or why does it look so dark? Or, and so then they start asking questions and they're calling the stylist over and they're getting panicky. And I realized that, you know what, you just need to chill out a little bit and let that person do what they know is best. So my room was no mirrors. People sat there and did work or they snoozed or they read magazines or whatever they want to do, but they weren't confronted. And plus nobody looks great when they've got a head full of foils anyway. <laughs> but it, it, And then when they were going to do the haircut, we would bring them out into the haircutting section where then you would have the mirror and they would see the process. Um, so if you have a great stylist, don't panic at the process. Let them do their job. Don't be putting your hands in the hair when they're trying to do a haircut. Because, again, if you have a good consultation, none of this should be happening anyway. You should be able to trust that stylist to do the very best for you. Let's dive a little bit into hairstyling products. Now, how important is it that a client buy the products that are recommended by the stylist? Or does it matter? Can they use their own products or use whatever they want? Um, there's a number of reasons. Um, I initially mentioned at the beginning of this uh, interview about the fact that I had left uh, working in education. I spent a summer and then a full year working for a beauty supply company, going around the salon selling professional products. So that was my first introduction into the difference between what I was buying at the grocery store or the supermarket, at uh, the um, pharmacy, as opposed to buying something from a salon. And at that point when I was selling, actually not many salons were selling too much in the way of professional products, but we have come a long way, baby, when it comes to the formulations that professional products now offer. Um, what I did learn was that, first of all, professional products are truly professional. They are formulated, they are quality controlled, they work. And there's a reason why they work, and that's because the companies that develop them most of those companies started off, even if they might be owned by Procter & Gamble now, most of them started off as pretty small companies where you had chemists and people that were working really, really hard to create products that were going to make a difference in your hair. Um, when a stylist is using products on you in the salon, hopefully they are telling you what they're using and explaining to you why they are using it. And that should even start at the shampoo bowl. Uh, because why are you using this shampoo as opposed to another? Why this conditioner? Well, there's different types for different hair types. If you have color on your hair, there are shampoos out there that if you buy them at the grocery store, or you buy them at the pharmacy, they can literally pull the color right out of your hair. And we saw that happen over the years where someone would get a great color, be thrilled leaving the salon. No, I'm not going to buy these products. I've, I've got my own stuff. Okay, fine. You can't force somebody. They'd go home. Three days later, we get the phone call. The color's faded. I don't understand what happened. We would have them bring in the shampoo and condition they were using. We would show them the, the ingredients, and that's really key. You know, we're all into reading ingredients these days, or hopefully we are. Um, if you have doubt or questions, take a look at a professional product and take a look at a product that just is being sold because some very famous, beautiful celebrity is being paid a whole lot of money who has gorgeous hair to make it look like this is what your hair is going to look like too. You're going to find there's a big difference in the ingredient uh, label. And a lot of it has to do with uh, sodium lauryl sulfate. Um, there's a lot of detergents. 
So the gentler products are really, really important when you've got color in your hair. And the stylist should be making that recommendation because they want to guarantee that their color and that your look is going to remain. And if you have a problem with something, with anything, you can bring that product back to the salon and that salon then can turn around and give that product back to the distributor who in turn can give it back to the manufacturer. But if you have something that you bought from a department store or from a, a grocery store, and you get home and maybe the product is spoiled because you don't know at that point where that product's been, how long it's been sitting on the shelf, where they even got it from. Because most of the products that we do see outside of a salon, I hate to say it, many of them are bootleg. They might be the same formulation, but they're usually bought in bulk and they're not bought directly from a manufacturer. There's a go-between. And so then you don't know how that product was handled. So you get no satisfaction if something, if you're not happy with the product. And the other thing is you'll probably end up paying more money when you go to a pharmacy or a department store than you actually would in the salon. Um, so the salons know the products, they, they research them, they get educated in them, they should be educating you in them, and it guarantees the work that that salon has done. So if you do have a problem, you can go back there and say, hey, this product isn't doing what I thought it was going to do, or... I don't like the way the shampoo is behaving on my hair and they can make a change for you where otherwise you really have no recourse. And again, they're the professionals, so they should know what's best. You know, sometimes we go into a, a, a pharmacy and you're like, Ooh, I love the smell of this product. I think I want to use it. And then you put it on your hair and you're like, Oh my gosh, my hair's so flat. What happened? Or it doesn't have any shine. That's where the professional comes in. They let you know that there is a, a much better product for you. And they do. It makes, it all makes a difference. So that's why you should really defer to what they offer. Now that we're on the subject of hair care products, I think this would be a good time to take a little 30-second break and listen to what our sponsor has to say about the Argon and Fig Shampoo and Conditioner from Voodoo Cosmetics. We all have experimented with expensive name brand products that are meant to wash, revitalize, and keep color, but instead take half the bottle to get any results. It's time to ditch your hair routine and start fresh with Argon Fig Shampoo from Voodoo Cosmetics. This luxury product is sulfate and paraben free, has a blend of botanical extracts, protects hair color, and uses other rare ingredients. Healthy hair starts at a deep cellular level, and with the nutrients of Argon Fig shampoo from Voodoo, your hair will grow healthy and stay healthy. Interested? Visit www.beautyradionetwork.com. All right then, if you haven't tried the Argon and Fig shampoo and conditioner from Voodoo Cosmetics, you're really missing out. These are fabulous products. They're also sold in professional back bar sizes. All right now, getting back to our conversation with Linda Hines. Linda, Let's say we've had our consultation, we've had our hair cut, and we love our new hairdresser, we love our hairstyle. Now, should we go ahead and make our next appointment? And if so, why? I think it's imperative. And it's probably one of the hardest things for people, especially today, because everybody's so busy. And we can't even think, you know, uh, the one thing I used to tell my stylist all the time is once your client, once you take that cape off your client, at the end of a service, guess what? Their mind is out the door. They are now, you know, picking up the kids from school 
or running to pick up the cleaning or getting to their next appointment. So you really kind of have to talk to your clients when you have them in the right frame of mind to explain, this is what I need to do. This is when you need to come back. This is the product that you need to, to, to use on your next, um, before you come back for your next visit. The reason that it's really imperative to make a, an appointment, and hopefully they're asking you to make that next appointment, is that hair uh, grows, <laughs> which is good for the beauty business, but not so great for your hairstyle. And you get this great looking cut and you have this great looking color and you whiz out the door and you take off and you don't make an appointment. And now it's like seven weeks later and you look in the mirror and you're thinking, gee, my hair was looking really great last week, but all of a sudden it's not working so well. My styling's not good. My, I think my roots are showing. So you kind of panic because you got this big dinner party coming this weekend and you grab the phone and you call up the salon. You're like, hey, um, is Stacy available? I got to get in to see her. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Stacy's on vacation. Or, oh, gee, I'm sorry. Stacy's all booked that day. You can't get in. And now you're like, oh, shoot, what am I going to do? So you can't do anything. And then you're stuck. And you're thinking, oh, wow, I had no idea that, this, that my bangs were going to grow this fast or that my hair was going to change so much. And that's, again, what a good stylist should be explaining to you. We rebooked so many of our clients, and we made it easy for them. When um, It's important to explain why. If you have a short haircut, you really need to get back into that salon. And please listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. It really is a five-week cycle because hair grows anywhere from about a, an eighth to a quarter of an inch. And certain parts of that haircut are going to start to just give out because they don't last forever. Um, if you have that appointment set up, it keeps a consistent look for your hair. So you don't go through that phase of always great looking hair and then not so great looking hair and then great looking hair and not so great. Plus, You've already set up the appointment, so the stylist is expecting you. So you don't have to worry about that panicked phone call trying to be squeezed in, which is going to, you know, many times stylists are just trying to please you. So they're like, okay, come on in. And then you sit and you have to wait for 20 minutes. And then they're kind of like rushing you out the door. You don't want that situation either. So it helps to keep the look going. Obviously, if you're a color client and you get roots, you really have to stay on a schedule. Otherwise, you're going to live with the roots, <laughs> which I don't think anybody wants. Bangs are also huge. I mean, since I have bangs, I'm like constantly standing in front of my husband going, can I please get a bang trim? Um, don't cut them yourself. I know it's very tempting. Lord knows I've tempted myself millions of times. Um, but again, you'll really feel bad about it after you do. So to make that next appointment, ask the salon to call you. If you're worried about, you know, say, hey, when is five weeks? They should know. So you're not going to know what you're doing five weeks or seven weeks from now. But say, hey, could you do me a favor? Call me a couple days in advance or call me to a day before. Because, um, you know, if something comes up and they're like, they should be saying, no problem. No problem at all. We'll call you. If it doesn't work, we can then move you out, you know, to another appointment. But if it does work, it's one less thing that you have to worry about. Now, I know for myself as a client, um, booking my appointment ahead of time sort of gets me trained or gets me into a routine every five weeks on this day at this time. I know I have to go get my hair cut. It kind of really takes the stress off of them because they know like, okay, you know, uh, I'm here today. It's a Tuesday and it's three o'clock. So I would always say, okay, five weeks 
out is, you know, Tuesday, whatever, the 27th. Is this still a good day for you? And they're like, yeah, you know, Tuesdays are my best days. Does three o'clock still work for you? Yeah, it does. Okay, let's put you back in then at this time, and then we'll call you a day or two in advance to make sure that it works for you. And let me tell you, so many people said, you know, I'm so relieved that you do that, because when I leave here, I love my hair, and I don't have to think about it. (laughs) I just know I'll be back at the right time to keep the look going. And, you know, every stylist should be thrilled with that, because you are their best advertisement. Salons spend tons of money on on promotions and advertising and and all kinds of gimmicks to get people into their their salons. But the best advertisement is your own client. Now, you've really given us a lot of really solid gold information here today. But I have one last question for you, Linda. Okie doke. What is the best way to find a new stylist? It's a great question, and I, I fortunately didn't get asked too often in my own salon unless somebody was moving, <laughs> um, but, and that, that's a big concern because sometimes people are moving, and they are completely at a, at a loss as to how am I supposed to find a new stylist. Um, here's a couple of things that you can do. These are kind of the helpful hints. Um, first of all, be aware of other women around you. When you're standing in the checkout line at the grocery store or you're in line at the pharmacy or at the cleaners, um, or, you, you know, somebody walks by and you're like, wow, their hair's great. And it, remember, again, it's like the pictures. Try to make sure that they look a little bit like your hair <laughs> and go up and ask them. Nobody's ever offended when you come up and say, wow, I love your hair. Who do you go to? So that'll give you an opportunity to find out who they go to. And that's a way for you to find a new stylist. People are very happy to share stories about great stylists. So that's one thing you can do is just check out somebody whose hair you really like and ask them who they go to. The other thing you can do, and that that applies even if you're moving or if you're right in town. It doesn't really matter. But, you know, if you're not seeing a lot of good hairstyles, maybe there's not a lot of good hairdressers around, but you should be able to find some. And and when you do, just go up and ask them. Um, The other thing is if you have a a particular hair color, if you are getting color on your hair and and you use a particular brand, uh, whether it's Redken or L'Oreal or there's a million of them, Goldwell, um, sometimes you can go online and check to see what other salons, if you like the color, I hope, uh, check to see what other salons in town are using the same brand of color. Um, I know certain color lines, they do a lot of training. They usually have really great stylists. Uh, and then the other thing is, if you find a salon that looks good, but you're not too sure, is just call up and ask if you can just have a consultation. And uh, go in and talk to a new stylist. And I know we all feel like we're cheating on our boyfriends or <laughs> our friends when we do that. But it's your hair, and it's your money, and it's your look. So to me, it's more important for me to get what I want than to not hurt somebody's feeling. And again, if people are professional, you shouldn't have these issues, but not everybody is. And, you know, you just have to take the bull by the horns and, and kind of be more proactive. But They should always offer a consultation where you can go in, you can check out the salon, make sure it's clean, make sure it's, you know, the kind of look that you like, um, talk to the people, how do they treat you, how does the stylist treat you. Look at the other people that are there. What does their hair look like? And that should give you an opportunity to at least find a new stylist. 
Well, Linda, you've given us some golden information here today, and I want to thank you very much. We appreciate having you on. It's been fun, and maybe (laughs) we can convince you to come on again sometime, huh? I would love to, and I truly, truly appreciate the opportunity, Deanna. You've been uh, an absolute pleasure. Thank you. You too. All right, Linda, have a good day, and I will talk to you soon. All right. Take care, Deanna. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Argon and Fig Shampoo by Voodoo Cosmetics. I'd also like to thank our special guest, Linda Hines. Linda's a small business coach for the beauty industry. If that sounds like something that you need, you can reach Linda at Even Better with Linda. Well, actually, I have Linda's contact information in the show notes. Just look down in the show notes, or you can go to our blog, askthebeautyadvisor.com. You'll see all the information for Voodoo Cosmetics and for Linda. Um, Also, I want to let you know that next week we have Dr. Dean Tomasello on. Uh, The good doctor and I are going to be discussing Botox, uh, fillers, and skincare. I have a lot of probing questions I'll be asking the doctor. So you may want to stay tuned for that. That'll be next week. And our shows usually come out on late Thursday. So um, I hope to see you then. Until then, have a great week. And we will be back here soon.